Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. to praise him people use their emotions on all kinds of things but he put those in us for him oh I've come to pour I've come to pour my praise on it tonight you can get excited about anything it ought to be about salvation should be about Calvary amen look at two or three people and say if he brings you to it he's going to take you through it come on turn around to somebody else and say if he brings you to it He's going to take you through it. Amen. The book of first, the first epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Thessalonians. The book of Thessalonians. Chapter 1. Chapter 1. Amen. Verse 5. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the church, the church of, of the church of the Thessalonians tonight. My title's going to come from a verse, but uh, the city was Thessalonica. The believers there were called Thessalonians. And this is a, a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the believers of this, of this area. His, his writings to them are very, very uh, comforting. When you read the book of 1 Corinthians, it's a strong rebuke. How many know that? So much so that in 2 Corinthians, he said, I felt, and let me, let me paraphrase it, but he said, I felt so bad because I talked to you so strong. I rebuked you so sharply. He said, but it worked, and you repented, and I'm thankful that I talked to you the way I did. And that's, that's what he said in 2 Corinthians. When you read 1 Thessalonians, it is, it is almost a relief to him because he talks about, I have heard how great you're doing, and it's a relief. And his writing, with that in mind, and you can be seated. With that in mind, we're going to start reading verse 5. For our gospel came, thank you. And uh, for our gospel came not unto you in word, what? Only. He said, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Um, I've been in meetings where the word was there, but you didn't feel the power of God. 
But there's something that happens when you feel the word is being preached and there is a witness of the Holy Ghost in the building. Can you say amen? And uh, um, he, he makes this statement. He says, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much, what? Affliction. With joy of the Holy Ghost. So that you were in samples, in other words, example, to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you, everybody say, from the believer, sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. He said, you were so effective in your faith, in your example, in your following of us. He said, I didn't even have to come and preach or speak. Your life did the work. How many think that's powerful? Amen, amen. Some people think the preacher's gotta do everything, but he doesn't have to do everything. Your life, your example, your witness is gonna be the impact of a community. Oh, let the church say amen. And it goes on, and he says, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from what? Idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. Everybody say delivered from the wrath to come. I would like to preach from that statement about being delivered from the wrath to come. The Bible tells us as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Amen. And you look at the days of Noah, what does the Bible tell, tell us? It says that even their very imagination, everybody say imagination. Their imaginations were wicked. Their imaginations were evil. No man retained even God of their knowledge. What did they do? They were very busy. They, they ate. They, they drank. What, is that? what else does it say? They were given in marriage, they were married, but they retained not God in their knowledge. They lived their life without thinking about what does God want. Scripture also tells us, speaking of the coming of the Lord, so shall it be as it was in the days of Lot. What happened to Lot? In Lot's days, he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, what, Sodom and there was judgment, the wrath of God that came to Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was much evil, evil in the land. Lot faced his family uh, toward Sodom and lost his family in reality. And I, I wanna say to you tonight, you better be careful which way you face your family. Cause the direction the family is facing is the destination they'll end up at. And the perversion that came to Lot's children, he ended up having children by his by, by his children and uh, you'll find there was chaos and confusion and there was, there was rampant chaos that was going on in the land of that day and there was judgment that came from God upon the land, the wrath of God and I, I'm moved tonight I, I've been studying Thessalonians for a couple days here and I, God direct me to this book and I'm so thankful for the things I'm learning but I have to say tonight that I'm very stirred in my spirit because we come from last uh, was it last year that my daughter goes to 
college here in the area and the class that she takes, they want her to watch a show called Fifty Shades of Gay and to report back to the school. Report back to the school. Watch it and report what shade of gay that she thinks she is because everybody, according to them, is a shade of gay. And I'm going to tell you right now that we are living in a day that Paul warned. And he said in that day of time, he said their conscience will be seared for they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And now our institutions, instead of educating, they're now indoctrinating. And I'm stirred and a little bit angry, to tell you the truth, because she goes back today on her first day and the conversation is why bestiality might be okay. And I come to preach to you that there is a generation rising up that, that are believing, they're confused in chaos as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, as it was in the days of Lot. And Jesus even warned, Paul even said that men would be lovers of their own selves. And I'm trying today to even pull my emotions together to deliver you a word from the Lord because the scripture tells us that in that day when sin abounds, there is something else we have hope for. Grace does much more abound. The world is gonna become darker. Sin is gonna be more tempting. Culture is gonna be more infectious. But I come to preach to you, he promises us in the last day there will be a church and there will be a truth and there will be a gospel that can stand against the waves of time. Clap your hands and praise him tonight. And thank him for his goodness. If he's ever been good for to you, I think you ought to clap your hands and thank him for righteousness. Thank him for salvation. That he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who would ever ever thought that that people are demanding almost nowadays to teach such things? And I'm, I go to the fair, and, and uh, I'm certainly being real with you tonight and transparent. Go to the fair to just go to the booth, and I look, and somebody walks walks past me and, and uh, they out of their shirt is, a, is an animal's tail that's hanging down, a furry, furry, fuzzy tail hanging down because now people are identifying. I realize you think I'm crazy, some of you, because you think it's that, you can't make this stuff up. It's not even Halloween. But they're identifying as these things because they find comfort in these things. And they are, they are resting in the spirit of spirits and who has ever thought these things could be Pastor Cody preaches a camp and somebody's there, that a young person that identifies as a cat. And I'm preaching to you right now because when you start identifying as anything, when that spirit comes near you, it's gonna steal and rob. If there's ever a day that we stand up and stand for truth and you guard your home and guard your mind and guard your life and guard your heart, you shouldn't just watch anything and listen to anything. The Bible says, know those that labor among you. Another verse says, the try the spirits. There are spirits. He is, he is working overtime, the devil, because he knows the hour that it is. But I also know what hour it is. I've got Bible to tell me what hour it is. Soon and very soon, Andre Crouch said, we're going to see the king soon and very soon we're going to see the king do you believe he's coming I think you ought to clap your hands and say I believe he's coming hallelujah I, I, I'm not going to preach that long tonight because I feel an urgency for prayer there's such a call to prayer and uh, if there's ever an hour we need to pray it's, it's right now we need to pray for our families like never before. I feel like everybody I'm talking to, I'm telling them, you just need to double your prayer time. 
because it's that, how many feel the urgency? I, I don't even know how much longer I could preach. I feel such a draw to prayer. And uh, I'm stirred as a dad, I'm stirred as a pastor, I'm stirred as a citizen, I'm stirred tonight. But I feel like God wanted me to talk to you for a few moments at least because I think if we're not careful, we will lose what the effect of the gospel really is. We'll lose, Sister Anita, what it's for. Brother Brown, I'm, I'm fearful that we'll lose that, that what the gospel is really all about. And uh, there's so many teachings today, and we got classes that's going to go on here starting soon, Financial Peace University, on how to better maintain finances. There's over 2,100 verses on stewardship. I'm for that. But, but I, I'm for getting your act together and learn how to budget and plan for retirement. We, we, we brought people here to talk about how to get buried. I, I brought lawyers in to talk to you about how to final estates. And, and uh, we, we've got a lot of wisdom that has come from this pulpit and side rooms and, and uh, living better and better marriage and better parenting. And I'm for better living. Can you say man? But you just remember this. We're not always going to be down here living. There's, there's a moment that somewhere there is going to be a decision between here and there. There is an eternal judgment. I, I read about it in the book of Revelation. There's, there's verses that get a hold of me. And, and I say to you today, because the Bible says the spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. What that means is, is uh, Brent, come here for a minute. And, and uh, uh, I, want you to be the, I want you to be the saint of God. And, and uh, I, I want you to be the Lord for a minute. And, and uh, sometimes, sometimes, when we're going the wrong direction, the, 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 the Spirit of the Lord is trying to hold us back and we're trying to get our way and we're going around convictions and going around preaching and going around accountabilities and going around things that God has put and the Lord's almost, con there's this conviction that says, you know you shouldn't have said that. You know you shouldn't have done that. You know you, you sit on the front row and we'll keep using you. You know that. <laughs> and, and, and there's this opposing it's, it's, it's God striving. It's, it's God wrestling you. Don't go that way. Don't do that. Don't say that. How many know there's more of the Holy Ghost than speaking in tongues? There's more of this than goosebumps and feeling good and emotion. There, there's the Holy Ghost says, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And you press toward the Holy Ghost is trying to stop you. And don't listen to that. Don't look at that. No, there, there's, there's this strive. And it's almost as if God is wrestling with us. Don't go that direction. We can see that in scripture with Lazarus laid at the gate of the rich man that went to hell. He had to step over him. And, and I'm convinced, and I've been this all my life, there was moments even I was stepping over convictions and stepping over teaching and stepping over accountability growing up in this. I'm gonna tell you, I warn you tonight, God will not always strive with man. I believe there is this verse in scripture that says if you receive not a love of the truth. It didn't say that you didn't receive the truth. It means you didn't receive a love of the truth that God somehow, in some way, you decide to push him around and, and you, you, you push God out of the picture and the Lord lets you go. I don't want God to let me go. I don't want God to stop speaking to preacher to preach to me. I, I don't want my mom and daddy to stop saying that's not right. Come on, I don't want somebody somewhere I'll be left by myself. 
Can I preach to you that the gospel is more than getting delivered from alcohol or an addiction or some fear or anxiety or some broken? I come to tell you, it's more than just being happy here. He said, when I preached the gospel, he said, he delivered us of the wrath to come. He said, there is a judgment around the corner. For some, it's sooner than later. You gotta understand that he told, he told Noah in a rainbow sign. He said, it won't be water, but it's gonna be fire the next time. He said, it's a promise I make with you. I will never flood the earth again. He said, water will never come upon it the way it did this time. He said, the next time, he said, I'm gonna purge the earth with fire. The Bible talks about a molten heat, melting the rock. He said, judgment's coming in the fire. I didn't write it, it's in the book. Everything is gonna be burnt. Everything is gonna be Everything is going to be consumed by the judgment and the wrath of God. Oh, I'm stirred tonight. I can't help but preach what God would have me to preach to you on a Wednesday night. I've been teaching, we've been teaching, but I feel like preaching on a Wednesday this evening and tell you, don't ever forget that God's coming with judgment. He said in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he made a statement that goes something like this. He said unto you who are troubled, verse one, chapter one, verse seven, rest with us. That means rest. That means find rest with us. Who? The church. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, verse eight says, in a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? And when I think of this, I think about the moment that Noah had preached the gospel for a hundred. He had preached this, this, this truth. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. They just looked at him. I can't help but be a little bit stirred tonight. Who had ever thought we would be where we are in this country that was founded upon? They, they still swear into the office with their hand on the Bible. Come on. And look where we are. Look where it's headed in so many ways. There's a great awakening coming to this country. I don't know what God's going to do to get the attention, but I'm going to tell you what I want. I want there to be a great repentance that falls upon the church and the fear of God. You just can't live any way you want to live. You just can't do whatever you want to do. I'm glad that I came to the altar one night and I made it right. How many know there's no sin too great that he can't forgive? There's nothing too strong that he, his blood can't wash away. Do you believe that tonight? There is forgiveness. There is grace for each and every one of us. It's the power of the gospel. He preached it and all of a sudden the Bible tells us that God spoke to Noah and he said, Noah, just before the rain fell, he said, I want you to get your family get on. The, the scripture actually calls him the eighth man. He made sure that his wife and his three sons and their spouses got on that boat. I would say to every, I want every man in the building to stand. Every man in the building. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to cover your family in prayer. It's your responsibility to stand firm upon his word. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says Noah was warned by God. I want you to say warned by God. He was moved by fear. He condemned the world to the saving of his own house. And the Bible calls him the eighth 
man, meaning there was eight that got on the boat and he made sure that his family got in. I wish you would close your eyes and say, I'm gonna get my family in the boat. Come on, somebody shout, I'm gonna get my family in the boat. You know what he did it with? A fear of God. People don't have a fear of God like they used to. People don't have a fear of God like they used to. They don't have a fear of, of, of things the way they used to. But I do believe there's people in here that do have a fear of God. I do believe I pastor people that have a fear of God. We need a fear of God. You can be seated. And the Bible tells us that when it got on, that God, everybody take your hand just like this. It'd be your left hand. Take your left hand. Hold it up. And everybody say, God, shut the door. Once God shut the door, no man can open it. And people have diverted so far from the image of God. There will be a moment that God said, enough is enough. And the door shuts and nobody can be saved after that moment. He's going to take his church out of here. The gospel will not work once the trumpet sounds. I'm convinced of that. I, I know there's all kinds of movies about the gospel getting preached afterwards. I, I just don't believe it's effective. I believe the door is shut. The dispensation is done at that moment. The Bible calls this dispensation the dispensation of grace. And he's writing to the church of Thessalonica. And, uh, and he is saying to them, he said, I am so glad to hear how well that you are doing. I'm so moved to hear that I don't even need to come because you're such examples to people, other people in, listen, not just in Thessalonica, but you've impacted the entire region of Macedonia, which was really, really big. He said, you've, you've impacted Achaia, not only those two massive regions, but your faith has been so powerful that it has impacted everywhere you go. How many want to be that? Don't leave it to the preacher. Be the example yourself. Go to work, salt and light. We're going to have Bible studies literally all over the city, and there's going to be revival and repentance in the homes. We're going to fill this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. Come on, I do believe I pastor a church that can be an anomaly in this day and time, that we can have people all over that are examples of, of the ministry, examples of the Lord Jesus as he wrote about. And people want to come there and they get delivered from all of this chaos and all of this confusion. But it's going to take more than just going to church. There's got to get a burden and a passion that says, oh, if it had not been for the Lord, I'm not just living a better life. He saved me from what? Everybody say, the wrath to come. You've never seen anything like it. When the fountains of the deep opened, first time the water began to fall out of the sky. They'd never seen lightnings and thunderclouds before. They'd never seen that up to this point. When they saw it, it was, how many's ever seen a thunderstorm thought of the judgment of God? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Scared because it's so powerful, the force. And he said when they got on the other side and literally every human being in the world was destroyed. They get on the other side. They get on the other side and, and Noah builds an altar and kills some things. A rainbow appeared. First rainbow ever. A rainbow appears in the sky. And the Lord said, Noah, he said, I make a covenant with this. It's going to be a token of my covenant. I will never destroy the earth again with water. But God in his foreknowledge understood. He said, but there is a day and time I'm bringing judgment to the earth and it's going to be with fire the next time. Paul writes about this 
when he says that Jesus is going to descend from heaven in a flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not, God, obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I realize you worked hard. I realize that you've, you've, you, you've come in and some of you barely get, grabbed a bite to eat, maybe didn't even get the, get the shower before you came. You say, here you are. I'm tired, but you preach on the judgment of God. Every now and then, we don't just need to hear about the mercy and his grace. We need to hear what's really going to happen and what he's saving us from. If you're not right with God, you're going to be lost. And, and above all else, we hear writers in the scripture says, if, if the righteous are scarcely saved, in the book of 2 Peter, if the righteous are scarcely saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? You, what's going to happen to them? And, and, and you look at that. What's going to happen to them? And I read it to you that God's coming back with a vengeance. He's going to take those that didn't obey the gospel, backsliders that chose not to come back, people that I've knocked on their door and said, I want you to know God loves you, people that I've reached out to. You know what? Because we are ambassadors of Christ. We embody, we embody mercy and grace. And when we walk up to a home of somebody and say, I, I've got you on my mind. Can I pray with you? Is there anything I can do for you? It's an act of mercy. I don't even know if I've ever said this publicly, but I say it, I say it in transparency and being real with you tonight. Tonight, I'm a witness to you, but I believe in judgment I can be a witness against you. It's a scary thought because I will be, give accountability for everything I've preached and everything I've said. And I, I become a witness of the Lord and the Lord says, I want you to go here. I have been sent from altars in this place, called people from altars. The Lord said, call them and tell them this. Some of you have done that with people. You, you've been led of the Lord in restaurants and workplaces and family members and friends in the church and you've walked up to people and said, I just want you to know God loves you and get, there's a better way. And they go home and they stir over that. You were a witness to them. But I believe in judgment that the witness that was to them, there's gonna be a witness against them because they didn't listen. And the Bible says when he sent them to house, to house, to house, to house, and he said, you go preach. I believe there are going to be missionaries going to be witnesses against countries that wouldn't respond. He said, when you go to the house, are y'all hearing me tonight? He said, when you go to a house and you get to that house and they don't receive you, he said, dust your shoes off. He said, go to the next house and say the kingdom is near you. It would be better for Sodom and, for, for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for them. How many's ever read that? There's a wrath in rejecting truth. There's a wrath in rejecting the word of God. You can't receive it just as a word of man. If I'm out of the book and I'm not preaching the truth, go somewhere else where they do and I'll tell you ahead of time. But if I'm in the book and I'm of the Lord, you need to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And I'm gonna go beyond that and say that the word of the Lord should be backed by a witness of the spirit. And when I'm preaching, the Holy Ghost comes in and says, you need to do this. You need to respond. You need to do that. You need to respond to the Holy Ghost, not just to the preacher, not just to the evangelist. You need to respond to the spirit of almighty God. God. If the Lord tells you to lay something down, can I preach to you? If God tells you to go to the altar and you sit there, I ought to be afraid to sit in my seat. If God said to go to the altar and repent, if God spoke to me and said get baptized, if God spoke to me to get up in the morning and pray, if God told me to go to somebody's cell, can I tell you the revival is gonna come out of fear? I do believe it's gonna be like Paul Revere running from house to house and saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming to you. Is there anybody that wants God to use you in the end time? I don't want, I don't want my children to be lost. I don't want your children to be lost. I don't want this city to be lost. 
stand to your feet and clap your hands and say, God, let me get back to what I need to get to. God, let me return to some landmarks. I was at work and just remained standing. We're going to pray. I was at work working for the Department of Highways years ago. And, and I'll never forget as I think I was 18 years old and it was uh, probably about to turn 19. And it was that summer that I was working at a Department of Highways and in that atmosphere, I felt so different. It was a challenge for me because the conversation was very immoral. The conversation was ungodly. What they were talking about, what they were talking about around there, it was was so uncomfortable, and I didn't have anywhere to go. And I sort of had to sit on the outskirts of that, the way they live and the lifestyles they were living. And I, I felt so out of place. All of a sudden, here come a thundercloud coming over. Lightning began to strike. I remember big trees falling over in that down Charleston, West Virginia. And I thought to myself, because I had a walk with God, daily prayer, I thought to myself, but he knows me. I don't have to worry about getting struck. I don't have to worry about the wrath of him because I have a relationship with him. I don't have to worry about him taking me out unless it's just he wants me to come home because he and I are friends. I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't want God against me. I wouldn't want God against me. I come to you with conviction tonight because today he's a God of love. But there's a future he's going to be a God of wrath. And he says in, bring, bring my phone, I've got a verse put up on that. There, there's a verse. Tonight, we're going to be that for a few moments before we go home. Everybody say the church of, the, the church of Thessalonica. But he said this in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. He said, I sought for a man among them that should make of the head and stand in the gap. He said, before me, for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. He said, my wrath is on the way. He said, I look for somebody. I look for somebody to stand between me and them because of their sin. The wages of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God. Every one of us in this room had the wrath of God coming to us in our future. Do you believe that? Every one of us. Somewhere between your life now and judgment, somebody came in with a message of repentance and said, you don't have to keep going the direction that deserves wrath. You can turn from your sin. There is a brand new day for you. And in the fear of God, you repented. Somebody got on their knees and said, God, would you soften their heart? Would you turn their mind? Would you get a hold of them, oh God, and call them to repentance? Somebody began to stand in the gap. He said, verse 31, because I had no man, therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath for their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. I hear tonight because tonight we're going to become intercessors for somebody. I realize nearly everybody, if not all in the building here tonight are saved and have things right with God. But I want to say to you, somebody out there needs a revival in their heart. Somebody needs a turnaround. Somebody needs a 180 degree turn. Aren't you glad you had your opportunity?
Somebody say amen. Straight is the gate and broad is the way. Which leads to what? Everybody say destruction. Only two ways. He said, but straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life. You might be watching online tonight. If you are, I want to say to you, you can repent at home. I don't care what country you're in. I don't care if you're in your home or somewhere else. God knows where you're at. And you can get on your knees and say, God, I don't want to fall into the judgment of God. I, I need grace and mercy right now. How many know in the building he has it ready for each and every one that'll return, that'll respond to his word? You can turn around from your sin tonight. He said, wherefore also we pray. Verse 11 of of 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 1. It says, wherefore also we pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Can I say to everybody in here, you don't have to be lost. You can be right with Jesus Christ. There's more to this than how many do we have on Sunday. What class we teach and where we go. There's more to it. At the end of the day, it's eternal life. And he saved us from the wrath. Everybody say, he saved us. He delivered us from the wrath to come. I want you to look at three or four people and say, God wants to save you from the wrath to come. Brother, Brother Tackett, your pastor at the time was the preacher of the youth event when I was 15. Elder Fairman, David Fairman. He might have been the youth president at that moment. But he got up in church and he made a statement at Open Door Apostolic where I was attending a youth rally. And this is what he said. He said, if you're saved, you know you are. He said, if you're ready to go in the rapture, you know that you are. He said, if you're not, you're probably not sure whether you're saved or not. I don't remember what he preached that night, but I know one thing. I didn't want to have any question, am I saved or not? We're too close to the end. The signs are all around us. Everything the Bible talks about is coming to pass. We don't have time. We don't have time to play games with God or deny the word of the Lord. Pastor, but it's Wednesday. It doesn't matter what night it is. I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. Tonight, we're going to bend our knee all over this building. We are responsible for some people in our life. If you don't tell them, who's going to tell them? But Thessalonica, I'm convinced in you that you're going to be able to be the example of what we've preached and of the Lord. So much so, your faith is going to spread like fire all over and impact. I'm telling you, the revival in this region is not going to come from this pulpit. It's going to come from the pew. Fear of God, being right with God, taking time to pray to God for the people in your life. is going. To, do you believe it's going to bring a great revival? What are we going to do about tonight? I want you to say, the Lord delivered me from the wrath to come. I think all over this building, we need to find a place to pray and get a hold of the Lord. It's, it's Wednesday night.
But it's prayer night right now. Pray as long as you want to. I'm going to find somewhere and plead their cause. Call on the Lord for maybe your husband, for maybe your spouse, your children, your neighbor, your parents, somebody. Say, God, above all else, we must be saved. Come on, Thessalonica. You've got it. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that this church becomes just like that church. Responding to the word. Working through afflictions and brokenness. Suffering and pain. Hallelujah. Tonight we pray. That God, everybody that's watching online and everybody that will hear this message to come would understand the power of the gospel. It's not just a better way. It's the eternal way. God, I pray tonight that you would move upon us and give us a burden for the lost again. You give us a burden for souls. Lord, let us see eternity, God, from an eternal view. Not just service to service and paycheck to paycheck and upgrades and vehicles and whatever it might be. God, let us get a, get a view of eternity and what you've actually saved us from, the gospel. Lord, let the foundation of what we do be repentance. Let the foundation of what we do be prayer. Let the foundation of what we do to seek to please your face tonight. God, I felt, Lord, it was your will that I would talk about being delivered from the wrath. To know that we've, when we've repented and been buried in your name, washed in your blood and filled with your spirit, there's no more wrath to come, but there's heaven ahead and glory, and we can rest in that and no longer be troubled. But I pray tonight for the sake of somebody else, not because we're not saved, but because someone we know isn't. We would bear our souls to you, God, that you would make a way. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap saying, God, send them a preacher. Send them a preacher. Send them an angel of the Lord. Lord, to turn their life around. The power of prayer. The power of your spirit. I pray that, God, that you would help us stand against cultural changes, immoral things. But, God, get a hold of our heart tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God, we call on your name for this city. Lord, we love this city. I know you love this city. Send a great revival. Send evangelists out of here that will preach in the streets, in the homes. Lord God, not just preachers in pulpits singing on platforms, but singing a cappella songs in the living rooms where the glory cloud comes. And people that are unchurched become saints because the gospel is preached on the home front. It's boots on the ground. It's everybody involved. Let us be that church of Thessalonica. Let us become that church, oh God. Let us do a work that you've called us to do. We're so thankful for the saints of God here tonight. Lord, I feel like I pastor the most amazing people in the world. Faithful and consistent, loving and caring. God, give us a burden again. Stir our hearts again, God, for lost people to be saved, for backsliders to come back and make it. 
I pray, God, let us follow the quickening of the Holy Ghost. Pray that you would lead us and guide us and direct us and call us. Help us, Lord, not to be maintenance mode. Help us to not be complacent, mediocre, or like Sodom. Be birthed out of apathy, carefree, nonchalant. Doesn't matter if somebody's lost or not. Doesn't matter if the move of God happens or not. God, let us not be apathetic to everything that you're doing. Let the intensity of the Spirit become ingrained into our spirit, almighty God. I pray that you would move upon backsliders in this community and all over the world. Let there be a calling forth and a calling home. I pray that you would do a sovereign work again. Let there be an awakening among your people, a stirring among the saints. Let there be a true revival of holiness and righteousness and peace. Lord, let us make covenants with our eyes. Lord, and covenants with our ears that they would be holy so our hearts would be holy. Tonight, oh God, I call upon you. Lord, as a shepherd of this congregation, a pastor that you've called me to in this city, let there be a revival. Let something begin to quake among us, shake among us, and doors begin to open. Help us, Lord, not be converted by culture, but help us, Lord, to stand as the three Hebrew children, Lord, against the waves of Babylon. Oh, God, give us the tenacity, the tenacity of Daniel to keep praying when laws were against prayer. Help our young people to stand. Visit them, I pray, right now in the youth center tonight. Our children, Lord, in the power hour tonight. Let there be a move of your spirit. Oh, I pray that everybody that's ever been touched by the spirit would be stirred again. That there would be an enjoying, a calling of God to move us back to a place of repentance. My heart is broken tonight. My spirit is troubled. Oh God, though my heart has been full with thanksgiving, Lord, take us back to the old landmarks. Take us back to holiness convictions, moral convictions, righteous convictions, a relationship with you. Don't want to be like those that you said they prophesied in your name, but you said, I don't know who they are. They work iniquity. Let us get back, God, exactly where you want us to be. Oh. Jesus, help us be like the church of Thessalonia. Oh, help us be like the church of Thessalonica. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.